Welcome to Pragmatic Live, the podcast for product people. I'm Mark Stiving, a pragmatic marketing instructor and sometimes host of this podcast. Today, we're joined by a fascinating guest, Greg Hollander. Greg was a consultant at Boston Consulting Group for several years, which means he's been exposed to many different companies and problems. A few years ago, he moved into product marketing at Eventbrite. And in the last year, he's been involved with the Eventbrite's initiative to transform the way they do pricing. And he's going to share some of those experiences with us today, and I can't wait to hear it. Welcome, Greg. Thanks for having me, Mark. Excited to be here. Hey, was that introduction anywhere near accurate? <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> Anything we should add to it that's uh, that's crucial that we left out? Um, I would just say, as I've been part of Eventbrite, also um, been part of the product marketing team here for a number of years um, and led the product marketing team for the last year or so, which was part of how I was involved in this transformation. Um, and that now we can talk about more about this later, but I'll actually be um, leading up a new part of the team moving forward that's specifically focused on how we apply pricing, packaging, solution design to different segments and, and build on the work that we've done so far. You have no idea how much I want to hear about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so before we start, though, we often have this issue of the definition of product management and product marketing. How do you guys define that at Eventbrite? Is there an easy way to, to separate those responsibilities? Yeah, I would say, um, so I think of product marketing in general and at Eventbrite specifically as being the set of things that comes from um, being the experts in effectively why our product matters to our customers. Um, and so for us, like we we are the owners of, we, call, we like to joke, it's like the TLDR, so what? Um, and it's, it's that intersection of customer knowledge, of product knowledge, of market knowledge um, that feed in, feeds into how we build product as well as how we go to market. What's TLDR? Uh, it's like too long, didn't read. Um, oh, okay. Email. Yeah, so it's, it's the, the, the major shorthand for what is the role of product marketing is we think of it as the so what. Um, and so we, uh, and product management, on the other hand, is really, um, they're focused on what we should build and how we should build it to deliver the most value to, our, to, that, to our customers in the business. Um, oftentimes, very much based on how product marketing frames up, how our customers think about value and how our product can deliver it. Awesome. And, and I have to say, that's exactly how I think about it, too. I often say product management's job is to get products onto the shelf and product marketing's job is to get products off of the shelf. Yeah, yeah I think that's definitely part of how we think about it. Um, I think a, a big piece for us and how, how we've shaped the roles here um, is helping product understand which product should be on the shelf um, and how to design them in ways that are going to get them off even faster. Also, you guys in product marketing help understand what the market problems are, what the next version should look like. Exactly. Yep. That's oh, right. Nice. nice. Okay. Well, let's jump into the pricing initiative. And, and by the way, the reason I wanted that answer was so we could see where product management and where product marketing were, were involved in the in this new pricing initiative that was going on. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Okay. So so let's go back to the beginning. What caused Eventbrite to say we want to do something different? What was the before state? Yeah, for sure. So we um, Eventbrite was founded about 10 years ago or so. Um, and we had set a, really a single price um, about 10 years ago. Um, and that was as we were creating, and we were, I think, a bit of a classic disruptor um, coming in to create a new market um, of online ticketing and registration for folks that were you know, previously using paper forms and email and PayPal and Excel documents to track all of this. Um, and so with a single price in a new market, it, the one thing we knew for sure was that it wasn't perfect. Um, there was no way we got that right out of the gate. 
Um, and, and in the last couple of years, I'd say there, there were a few different indicators of the opportunity we had by starting to optimize around that price. Um, the first is just the scale of business. So we had grown to service you know, hundreds of thousands of event creators around the world in different markets uh, with very different needs. Um, and we learned through a lot of research that you know, different customers valued our product in different ways, um, had different use cases, had different goals, um, had different budgets. And so it sort of placed different value on what we were delivering them. Um, and at the, at the low end, where um, customers placed less value than we were charging, we were, we were losing customers. Um, and at the high end, where customers placed a lot more value we were charging, we were, we were losing revenue that we should have been capturing. Um, and so we started to, to get a sense that price segmentation and package segmentation could be a lever. Um, and we had actually experimented with a price, what that single price is in a few markets around the world and had seen pretty good results. Um, and so this kind of like came to a head around this idea of um, moving from one product at one price to different packages um, with different amounts of value baked in that we could price differently for different customers. So as a pricing person, I have to say that what you just said was totally obvious, <laughs> but it's, it's fascinating that companies like Eventbrite, right? You build this fantastic new product or a revolutionary product. And you don't step back to think about how to price the different market segments and different people have different value. And, and, and you did phenomenally well over the years. And now it's time to say, how do we capture more value? Right, right, exactly. And I think also that, that goes to kind of our, our philosophy for a long time on how we address the market is we, um, I think that one of the reasons Eventbrite was so successful is that we, we built to, in many ways, the lowest common denominator to many different types of customers, which allowed us to get to a scale that is you know, pretty unparalleled in, in the industry. Um, but then on the flip side, as we've started really honing on on how we drive growth, now we have to take a much more segmented approach to continue, to continue that, and, and pricing and packaging is one part of that picture. And, and so was growth the pain, the initiative that made this happen, where we said, we have to keep this growth rate up, but we don't see... Um, our, our normal organic growth rate maintaining, so we have to find a different way to do it? Or was there some other driving factor that says, let's go change this? Um, I would say it was it was more about the realization than a pain. So certainly, I, mean, I would say growth rates were a big part of it. Um, it wasn't that necessarily there was like a pain where we anything was on fire and we had to make a change, but I think all of these different pieces of information, um, influence from some board members as well, um, really I think woke us up to what we were leaving on the table by not taking this approach. Hmm. Okay. And, and so we, we started off this new program, this new initiative in the very beginning, was there a set goal? Are you aware what that goal was? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, at the beginning, it, it there was definitely a start of a, a revenue goal that would justify that investment. Um, and I think also as we continued on, having that kind of single revenue goal made the team really focused on what we needed to deliver. Um, but I would say even more than that, and, and this is very much in the lens of how do we tailor what we offer to different markets, to different segments? Um, our, our CEO was really influential on message that um, this was a the first time that we had really changed what she called like the front door of Eventbrite. Um, and so it was hugely important that we, um, through this project, created more, a more tailored front door um, and a more tailored onboarding experience than we had in the past. Um, and that, that was like a much, that was a very strong way to start to understand our customers better um, and allow them to self-select in ways that we hadn't given them the opportunity to before. And when you say the word front door, are you talking about the user interface, user experience? Yeah, exactly. So, so for uh, for a little bit of context on Eventbrite's business, um, we 
a large part of our business comes from what we call self sign on, which are which are folks that are hosting events and they just come to Eventbrite.com and they sign up and they create events. Um, and in the past, for a lot of those customers, we had very little way to understand anything about them um, because their their user journey was you know similar across the board. Um, and so this gave even those folks who are, that are super low touch and that we don't have much interaction with as a business an ability to self-select into what, what mattered to them um, and therefore help us learn and provide a better experience for them. Hmm. Okay. And, and I was actually surprised when I asked you, did you have an initial goal? You brought up a revenue goal. And I'm not sure why I didn't think that my own, but I was imagining we had other goals in mind, uh, things like finding three or four different market segments or mm -hmm. trying to find a way to please a specific market segment better than we've done in the past. Was any of that there as well, or was it just the revenue goal? Um, I'd say at the outset, it was, it was really creating a foundation to be able to do more of that later. Um, and as we get into the, the kind of what comes next and where this is going, what I hinted at earlier, um, now what you just described is a big focus for us. Um, but at the outset, we didn't really have a lot of levers to pull. We, um, and so we needed to create that. We needed to transform, I think, the foundation with which customers experienced Eventbrite from a single journey to multiple journeys. And then that then allows us to continue to build in more aspects that tailor it to different segments. Nice. So how long ago did you make this initial decision that says we're going to change the way we do pricing? Um, so this was, I'd say this particular transformation from, you know, sing, again, single product to multiple different packages and tiers um, was a little over a year ago now. Um, so we kind of started this work um, in an experimental phase, I guess, late 2016, um, and then really made the decision to, to go full speed ahead in Q1 of last year. Excellent. Okay, so now we said, let's go do it. What'd you do? I mean, how did you, how did you make this happen? <laughs> yeah, for, for sure. Um, so we we started actually um, as, as this concept came up, and we wanted to see like, is there a there there? Um, how much signal are we getting? Um, and and we had very few people in the organization that were actually very familiar with price. Um, and so there was one um, one key stakeholder in particular who was our our VP of monetization, had been with the organization for a really long time, um, that became our internal pricing expert. Um, and so as he brought this idea up with the executive team and and with a set of cross-functional partners, um, we decided to test it in a pretty lightweight smokescreen kind of way. Um, and so what we actually did was we um, working, we, we designed a first set of packages based on just our, our knowledge about our customers and what, what they care about. Um, it, was, it was him, myself, from a marketing standpoint, um, a sales leader, a product manager, um, and a, a member of the a leader of the customer success team for, for our high value accounts, um, where we got in a room and we actually just like mapped out what we thought these packages would look like. Um, and then we put a smokescreen test up on, on the signup flow. And so for uh, you know about eight weeks early last year, for any new customers in the US and Canada that, that came to Eventbrite, um, they got a screen that asked them to pick a package. Um, and what was interesting was that the, the way we designed it is that the uh, lowest end package was our current price for a stripped down product. Um, the middle package was our current product for a higher price, um, and then the third package was a sales sales enterprise path. Um, and so, no matter what our, our these customers chose, um, they ended up better off than they thought they were choosing, um, which allowed us to iterate pretty quickly, um, generate some great learnings. Um, but that, I guess, we then realized like wasn't going to get us all the way there. Um, it was going to allow us to iterate, generate some signal. Um, but but that actually that showed us that there was something there, and we could do even more. Um, and so at that point, um, the the VP of monetization made made a pitch to engage with a, a consulting firm, um, Simon Kutcher and Partners, who are who are really fantastic at this. 
Um, and, and they actually, we engaged with them for several months and they came back with a recommendation um, for our executive team. And it, from there, it was really all full speed ahead. Nice. I have to say that I've had the opportunity to work with Simon Kucher Partners or SKP before and, and loved it, right? These guys are, mm-hmm. these guys are brilliant. They, they specialize in pricing. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah, they were, and I think that was great too, as you know, as an organization that hadn't done a lot of pricing work before in ourselves, um, I think they were really great from a change management perspective and helping bring really everyone along with why this was so valuable, what the opportunity was for us and why we should be investing in it. Yeah. Um, they often start engagements out with an audit. Did they do that with you guys or did you say, here's what we want to go do? And, and that's where they started. Um, no, it was, it was very much an audit. Um, I think we had, uh, because of how fragmented our business is, um, we, we talked a bit about that in customers of just different segments and different markets, um, but also kind of the mechanics of, you know, what is an event, um, for example, and, and like many different ways that we could have cut our pricing. Um, they did start with an, an audit, um, some internal work as well as a, a lot of customer research, um, and actually also trained us in a number of tools that were and tools and, and strategies for research that we're continuing to play forward as we, as we go from there. Nice, nice. So as you went through this process, what kind of issues or problems did you guys encounter as a company? Yeah, I would say the primary one, as uh, both product marketers and product managers often find, is with resourcing. Um, So this was a a very foundational change for the business. Um, And we... There was a lot of work that needed to be done, um, both from a product and engineering standpoint, but also from a kind of go-to-market enablement standpoint. Um, and so it was something that we, you know, the, the core team, so I mentioned the VP of monetization, there was a, a lead from each of the major functions around the org, um, worked together to identify what was needed to, to do this on a, a pretty aggressive timeline. Um, and then that was a lot more than we had to start out. And so it was asking over and over again, uh, being really over, over communicating the rest of the organization about what we were doing, why we were doing it, what it required, um, and continuing to push and push. And that was a place where we were able to get you know, pretty good buy-in um, through that communication. Also, um, through you know the buy-in and communication from our top executives, including our CEO, of, of the level of priority that this had for the business. Um, and then just really getting people excited about um, you know what we were doing, both from a revenue standpoint, but also the fact that um, we thought this was a, a great framework in which we could ultimately deliver a lot more value to our customers and capture more of that value for Eventbrite. Um, and so, in in the long term, we knew this really was going to be a win-win. And so that was the message that we continually you know sold and, and reminded people of across the company. Nice. So typically, one of the hardest things to do when we're doing a big pricing initiative like this is getting. Because it touches every department in the company, getting every department in the company on board and working with us and making this happen. And mm-hmm. so that whole change management conversation is challenging. Yeah, yeah it, de- it definitely is. Um, I think we, it wasn't, it certainly wasn't all a, a golden path. Um, but, <laughs> but, but I would say, I mean, this is a place where, um, you know, executive involvement was super helpful um, in being very clear about the fact that this was a priority for the business. Um, and so that helping us really move mountains from, from, from a resourcing standpoint. Um, and I think that the sort of softer change management, I guess you can say, was about um, engaging people, um, you know, engaging people one on one as core team members, as you know, the, the leader of the initiative around there was some uh, international was another piece. Um, we've got 
uh, offices all over the globe. And so um, being able to set expectations of what the impact would be on specific markets, um, given we were making this major global change that you know some wanted and some didn't based on the this sort of maturity of the market, what they thought the opportunity was. Um, and so it was it's a lot of one-on-one -on -one conversations, um, a lot of taking the time to to hear people um, and to hear you know why they want something and um, or not, and like how we can really address it in a way that that's most beneficial for them. and and at the end of the day helps everyone do their jobs better. I gotta say, Greg, that was an absolutely fabulous answer. Well, and, thank you. And <laughs> I, I want to repeat the important parts of what you just said because mm. it was really fantastic. Uh, you started off by saying, yeah, we had CEO support. It was an important initiative, so we're driving it top down. And that's awesome, but we can't just rely on that. And so you did one-on-one -on -one meetings. You actually listened. You were really curious. You were trying to help people out. And, and then you also went on to say you put the goal. You were constantly talking about the goal and what we're trying to get accomplished. And, and that was that, that's phenomenal change management. Great job. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So where do we go from here? What's, what are the next steps? Or, well, no, no, no. Before we do that, mm -hmm. are you allowed to give any measure or representation of success? Uh, I, I can't, unfortunately. Um, I, I will say, I, you knew that answer was coming. Um, oh. I, I, uh, I, I will say, I think we've, um, we've, been excited about what we've seen so far um, and excited and as I talk about what's next I think that's in no short part because of the momentum and sort of traction we've seen um, and then I, the other thing I'd say is as you probably know with a lot of pricing changes um, and sort of the type of sales funnel we have as well as um, how you know, re retention evolves over time. It, it's still also early, um, and so we're we're we're, we're continuing to watch the numbers. We're continuing to, um, you know, recognize that we're you know we 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 need to keep watching. We need to keep managing. Um, and, and another piece of this too, um, which I, didn't, I don't think I mentioned earlier, um, is that you know, when you make a change this big, kind of foundationally for the business, like the, the one thing you know for sure is we're not going to get everything right. Um, and so I think the team had a really good attitude of how do we get something out there that's our best foot forward, but then also um, reserve the space, reserve the time, reserve the resourcing to continue to learn and iterate on, on what we've put out there, um, in addition to continuing to build it off of that, which I'll talk about in a sec. Yep, I, I agree completely. Well, well, let's talk about it then. What is next? What, do you, what are you guys going to do at this point? Yeah, and so here I think what the super exciting part for the business is, um, you know, I mentioned last year we really had this like single lever of moving from a single product to to multiple products at different price points. Um, now that we have that, we um, we have the ability to optimize and to build in lots of different ways. Um, and so we, we talked about global a bit earlier. Um, one area is how do we um, we took best guesses at pricing and and pricing for each of our global markets. Um, we rolled out the same packaging across all our global markets. Um, how do we start to optimize that? Um, secondly, and this is where my personal focus is, um, how do we, now that we have this packaging model, how do we think about how to develop more tailored packages or, or different pricing models for different segments to drive growth in those segments? Um, you can think about how like different mechanisms for price actually help better match price to value in different in different for different customers in different places. Um, so, for example, this is and this is a hypothetical, but like you can imagine um, business conferences versus music venues having very different ways that they think about value and also that they would rather pay for things. Um, and so, how can we be more successful in certain pockets by starting to develop those nuances and and, and define it and then create solutions and create packages and price in that way. 
Yeah, and both of those probably also need could use different services associated with them, and so you could tweak the product offering, not just the pricing. Yeah, that's a great point. So, so add something I didn't mention earlier, but actually, as part of this move to a three three package system, um, we formalized some of the service offerings for our enterprise customers um, that we were previously kind of throwing in on an ad hoc basis or doing as needed for customers. Um, whereas now, these are actually service packages, um, whether it's customer support or um, services from an account manager um, or marketing services that were not really formal offerings before, but now they are and they have a price tag associated with them. Um, and so we can, just to your point, be able to mix and match those in different ways to different customers and sell more of a portfolio of offer offerings as opposed to just like come in our, our single front door. Right. So, so I got to say what's fascinating talking to you because you're so excited about it, right? You're, you're obviously <laughs> Uh, passionate about this topic and what you guys are doing. And, and I love pricing too. So that's, you know, this, this is fun. <laughs> yeah. Rumor, rumor has it you're going to be hiring some people. Is that true? We are, we are certainly working on it. Yeah. We, um, so as part of this, this next phase, um, we have been building out um, what we call the portfolio marketing organization, um, which is product marketing, um, customer marketing, which is more focused on kind of life cycle, a customer's life cycle over time. Um, and then this new organization that I'm a part of now that is called segments and pricing, um, which is how do we do exactly the things that we just talked about. Um, and so the team, the team is new. Um, the team is going to be growing. Um, and we're really excited about the opportunity to continue to lean into this, this new framework that we have and, and generate more growth for the business. Yeah, that sounds fascinating. What what kind of people are you looking for? Do you know? Um, it, we're, so we're still fleshing out exactly how this team fits together and fits into a lot of the different parts of the portfolio marketing organization. Um, right now, it's um, myself. We have a director of, of segments and pricing, um, and then an analyst who's been our, our pricing analyst along with us for a lot of this journey um, is continuing to serve in that role. Um, and so it could take many different directions of as we kind of identify where the largest pockets of opportunity are um, and and figure out how to activate that. Whether that's you know new solutions, new packaging, whether that is is you know just really leaning into some of the the, the differences from a marketing and market activation standpoint, um, and so I, I expect that there'll be sort of a number of different profiles of people that we'll ultimately be looking for, and um, we're we're close to being able to define exactly what those are. Okay, well I have to say, if anybody else out there thinks like I do, you're about to get inundated with resumes. <laughs> That's my hope. That's my hope. Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, I, you can probably tell from my voice, and you mentioned it, but you're very excited about the opportunity we have ahead of us. And um, I also say I was I was listening to some of your your past podcasts this morning and in preparation for this, um, and you said something that I, I like loved and really really resonated with me, um, which was that to. In order to do pricing and packaging well, um, you've got to really understand your business um, and your customers and what they value. Um, and so I think that that to me, when you said that, I was like, yes, that's that's the light bulb. Um, and that is, I think, why I'm so passionate about this at Eventbrite. I think this has been a a way to to kind of justify the investment in understanding our customers and what they value in a way that's going to lead to um, really positive outputs for them and for us. It's actually kind of funny that people try to run businesses without really understanding their markets, their customers, their buyers. Mm -hmm. yep. and, and then once we do, once we start understanding them better, not only do we build better products, but we get paid more for it. So mm -hmm. why wouldn't we do this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Exactly. Excellent. Greg, thank you so much for your time today. I, I, I absolutely enjoyed this. If anyone wants to contact you, how can they do that? 
Um, thank, thanks a lot, Mark. I really enjoyed being here too. Um, I'd say if anyone wants to contact us, especially as we start to, to post jobs, um, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, again, it's Greg Hollander, uh, G-R-E-G-H-O-L-L-A-N-D-E-R. Um, and look forward to hopefully hearing from many of you. Excellent. Thank you. And to our listeners, I hope you enjoyed that nearly as much as I did. We'd love to hear from you. We welcome your questions, suggestions, especially compliments. And send your comments to experts at pragmaticmarketing.com. Also, don't forget to join us for the next episode of Pragmatic Live. <laughs>